Epinephrines is a mature podcast for adults, even though my favorite My Little Pony is Twilight Sparkle. Okay, actually, she's an alicorn. Listener discretion is advised. Is it required or necessary to feed your children anything other than chicken nuggets? No. Oh, oh. Cute, and they sleep, and they eat good, and you're like, shh, oh. this is easy. Oh, we did not We did not have the same first baby. <laughs> Welcome to Tahiti. We're going to do a 1K, and then we're all going to have margaritas. Yeah. They're like, you can do it. I'm in. I can do this and focus really on myself only, or I could, you know, maybe cure cancer or something. I'll just see paleo. <laughs> Getting ripped with stupid, amazing Brenda. As physicians, we should be healthy examples for our patients. Let me put down my cheeseburger and tell you why. I become irked when physicians tell their patients to eat better, stop smoking, and exercise more while practicing all the same bad habits. I decided to get into shape and to battle my own personal hypocrisy. How, you ask? I took up professional yodeling. Okay, not really, but that would have caused significantly less harm to my body than what I actually did. The P90X. I wrecked my body in just one week doing workouts I had no business attempting. The DVDs had several warnings to try to save me this agony. The program advised seeing a doctor before starting this. I thought, I'm a doctor. I know what I'm doing. Important life lessons are sometimes painful. My body had so much lactic acid that when I cut myself shaving, a single drop of blood burned through the sink like that scene from Aliens. The workout leader, Tony, encouraged me to work harder, but I was done. Also, I now hated Tony. I learned later that several nurses who had tried the program shared my hatred. They loathed Tony's super-fit helper more. I'll call her Brenda. Tony teaches you to hate Brenda and channel that rage into exercise. I was about to vomit after 15 minutes of this torture only to have Tony tell me that Brenda straps an extra 200 pounds of weight to her so she can get her heart rate up during the workout. To his credit, this does make you want to work harder. Tony. Come on, you can do it. Brenda does backflips and runs marathons. Brenda ran her last marathon while 38 weeks pregnant. She went into labor at mile 18. Then she self-delivered the baby in a single push, shooting the baby and placenta into her husband's waiting arms. She did not even break her stride. She won the race just in time for her family photo with the kids. Seriously, how can I compete with that? Stupid, amazing Brenda. I almost feel sorry for Brenda. She likely cannot go into public without a sea of somewhat fit zombies with excess lactic acid lurching after her in rage and agony. Granted, she can easily get away. I think perhaps Tony could expand his audience. Perhaps obstetrical exercises? Oh, look! Brenda is using charcoal briquettes to do Kegel exercises and she's turning them into diamonds for her children. Isn't she great? Keep those pelvic floor muscles going strong, gang! Getting into shape is only the tip of our hypocrisy iceberg. I know pulmonologists and respiratory therapists who smoke cigarettes like chimneys. How can we expect patients to follow advice we ourselves ignore? Mark Twain said it best, Giving up smoking is the easiest thing in the world to do. I know because I've done it thousands of times. Any person with an IQ higher than a doorknob knows that smoking is terrible, but I have changed my intervention practices in the ER. Instead of lecturing, I quickly explain that smoking makes you die. Then I use the whiteboard to outline how much money the patient spends in a year. One pack a day? That'll be $2,500 a year. 
Maybe that will help convert some patients and hopefully some healthcare workers. And our diets? I have pursued the starve till ravenous, then eat whatever you can find diet for some time now. What is that? A three-year-old tapioca pudding and a graham cracker that could be used as drywall? I'll wash that down with a leftover carton of half-finished chocolate milk left from the unmedicated psychopath. Sounds like a healthy dinner to me. This is where I would love to try to make fun of vegan diets or paleo diets or gluten-free diets or Krispy Kreme diets, but my own terrible diet would cause my brain to explode over the hypocrisy. All of those diets are superior to my own, which is the poor impulse gorging diet, or the pig diet. Starting small is the only way to go for lasting change. Trying to go from nothing to a perfect diet, no smoking, and exercising 90 minutes a day is unrealistic. Just make one small change and go from there. It is fine to fail from time to time. I learned to start small. Instead of the P90X level, perhaps I needed a P23J or just perhaps a short jog or a long walk. I decided to celebrate my new wisdom with a sleeve of Oreos. Just kidding. We should strive to fight hypocrisy and to be excellent examples for our patients. We must try our best not only to tell our patients to do what is right, but also attempt to do so ourselves. Small steps, friends. And if that fails, you can at least learn from your mistakes. Or at least you can learn from mine. Hey! I'm Rob Brandt. And with me, as always, are my epinephrines. Hi, guys. How's it going? My name's Jacob Barnett. I'm a physician assistant. And to start us off, um, let's all go over our favorite type of hand sanitizer. Foam, gel, scented. What are people into? Um, currently, uh, with the pandemic raging, our last purchase for our home of hand sanitizer was from a distillery. I'm currently using pretty much 80% vodka to clean my hands in the car. Is It's just like, it's, it's like pouring vodka in your hands. And now anything else that I use seems too thick. I just, I, I'm thinking about just like getting some Everclear and walking around and like throwing that on my hands every once in a while. <laughs> we have quite a few patients who I think would appreciate that. Well, I am quite, I'm quite terrified if I ever get pulled over. Cause like, I do have like the nervous habit of just like hand sanitizing at random that like, I'm going to roll down the window and they're going to be like, <laughs> what are you drinking in there? And I'm just going to hold up my hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. Does your, does your whole car just reek of vodka? I don't, when I'm using it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> they're like, sir, it smells like vodka yeah. in here. And you're like, what of I'm, it? <laughs> I'm being safe. It's my hand sanitizer. We're in a pandemic. Someone coughed in my face. Ask them if they're maintaining social distancing. Six feet. <laughs> well, I'm Rob Brandt, and I mean, I think my favorite hand sanitizer is the gel. But I mean, to, to kind of flip it on it, I we did have a hand sanitizer that some psychopath, for some reason, invented san hand sanitizer. They, they put glitter into it. It kind of looks cool in the mm. box, but as we all know, glitter is like the herpes of arts and crafts supply because once it gets on you it can never come off my hands are clean and then they're just slightly glittery and it's like oh i can't do anything you, you know use more hand sanitizer to try to get it off but that's just fire on board so so that was for me um my name is jen james and i am the opposite i prefer the foaming hand sanitizer i find that the gel stuff has this like weird 
like film that it leaves on my hands when I use it over a shift. So I prefer the foam kind. My name's Casey Brand, and I also prefer the gel hand sanitizer. I feel like the foam kind, even though the gel kind of leaves that film, I, I don't know, the foam kind is too like light and fluffy. I can't trust it. I don't feel like it's doing anything. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like when we offer people like heal medication and um, we're like they're like no I need something stronger we're like okay well we could stab you with a giant IM needle I suppose but it's it's the same thing no I, I need to feel the medicine going into my body okay <laughs> yeah I need to feel it working today we were re- read an article about uh, getting ripped with stupid amazing Brenda and as the tragic story of how I attempted P90X and failed on so many levels. So I'm curious if you guys have any stories about either being a hypocrite in the ER or in medicine or stories of yourselves trying to get fit or healthy in or trying to get fit or healthy in some way or another. And uh, some stories about that. I have a story. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves in the emergency department is when patients are just not straight with me like not not that they're lying but like if you're coming in and you want something it doesn't necessarily hurt my feelings and always say no to what you necessarily want but like it just kind of makes your your visit like more clear like if you're coming in because your leg hurts but you're really coming in because you just need a work note, like that might shape my understanding of what we need to do for you. And so like, I always like come out and like, I, you know, you just did this huge workup and then like at the fair the end, they're like, oh, can I get a work note? And then you just kind of get this inkling feeling like that was the main reason you were here. And we just like poked you and prodded you and everything like that to spin it around on me. About three years ago, uh, I was pretty sure I got the flu. Um, and I had a newborn at home and I was freaked out that I was going to give the flu to my newborn. So I scheduled appointment with my primary care doctor who knows that I'm a physician assistant. And I went in, I was like, I've had fevers, I've had body aches. And he's like, well, how long has it been? And I was like, I don't know, like probably like 72 hours because I was kind of just toughing it out. And he was like, okay, well, you know what to do. Tylenol Motrin and, you know come why you know are you here yeah why are you here and then i was i was too chicken to be like i just want a flu like i just want to i just want to check and see if it's the flu so that if my kid starts getting the flu i'll know i just bit my tongue and i didn't say anything and i walked out like sheepish sheepishly <laughs> and i was like yeah and i was like i know i have the flu I'll just do what I'm supposed to do for the flu. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to test me. Yes, that's what I should have said. I should have said I want you a test. You would have said it. And, and they totally would have. And would have been like, okay, let's, <laughs> Put let's test you then. swab in my nose. Yeah, so be straight with your medical provider. If you want something, tell them because that will help them. <laughs> in terms of maybe me learning from my terrible experience, um, I, I, I have never, I mean, this was, boy, I don't, when I wrote this, this was years ago when I killed myself doing the P90X, but to flip it around, I listened to my own advice. So this year, my new year's resolution was to walk 10,000 steps a day, every day, or sorry, and I didn't, I didn't make that, but to average 10,000 steps a day. And I'm proud to announce that in 2020, 2020, cause this is going to come out af- much after that. 
um, for 2020, I actually made it. So I'm all proud of myself. Uh, that's awesome. I don't think I have done that. Well, plus quarantine has made it more difficult. Quarantine. And all of you have small little things that you have to take care of. Yeah, but you have to run after them. Yeah. I'll be like, get back here. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, you're fine. Hey, they're fine. There's a lot of loops built into my house. Um, Like an island in a Jack and Jill bathroom. So you just like fake like you're going the one way and you like go the other and you intercept. Kids are so easy to fool. Well, there, there's a question for you guys. Did you have anything in talking about, you know, random hypocrisy that we have? Did you have anything that you said before you had kids that you'd be like, when I'm a parent, I'm never going to do blank. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I get it now. Mm. I'm totally going to do that. Did you ever have anything like that? Well, one before I had one, I thought I wanted more than one. <laughs> this is a little like multifactorial because i'm older um and so there's certain risks that come with geriatric pregnancies that my husband and i have talked about and you know it's not something that we were willing to risk um and then also we had a lot of trouble with getting pregnant and so um i we went through infertility and let me tell you, that is not for the faint of heart, and uh, my husband deserves a lot of awards for dealing with me while on crazy hormone injections, and he tells stories about me waking him up in the middle of the night, convinced that he was leaving me because we couldn't have a baby. After going through all of that, we got our son, and I like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that you like your son. And it's like the first one's like the good one. Like they're cute, and they sleep, and they eat good, and oh. you're like, shh. This oh, we did. We did not have the same first baby. Why do people say parenting is difficult? And then that second one comes, and you question your entire existence on this planet. And what? so, I didn't want to risk it with the second one because they liked the first one as much as I did. We have different. Ex- <laughs> Isn't that your exact experience, Casey? No, it's not. I feel like my kid sleeps like eleven hours a night. And- oh my god! What? two-hour nap every day. I don't sleep. No child sleeps. They don't. I put him down at 8. He goes to sleep by 8.30, and then he's up usually 7.30, 8.30 the next morning. Does he want to do a seminar for my kid? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All that I'm imagining in my head is is Jen putting her child down at 8 o'clock, like in this sub basement where they put this giant vat over top of it so that they just can't hear the child for the next like 11 hours. Like, well, no, we don't hear anything. And then they go on and check on the child in the morning. And it's like, no, sleep. He's fine. He's fine. No, if any of you guys have ever worked with me at night, you know, like I constantly, it's kind of creepy. I watch him sleep. We have one of the video monitors and it's linked to my phone. And so I'm like constantly watching, making sure he's not upset or waking up. And then I have a sound monitor at home in my room mm-hmm. no like once he was sleep trained by like nine ten months old um he slept through the night he's woken up a few times here or there usually related to teething mm-hmm. um but otherwise he likes his crib we, we put him down at eight and he's not ready to go to bed he doesn't scream he doesn't cry he plays <laughs> with his blanket he's got <laughs> He just kind of hangs out. Are those laughters covering the tears? Is that <laughs> oh, no. He just hangs just... out. 
same thing in the morning. Like he wakes up and my husband and I are the same way. Like we don't jump out of bed ready to go. Like we take a few minutes and kind of wake up and he's the same way. Like he kind of lays there and he'll open his eyes. <laughs> he rolls on the side. <laughs> he kind of sits up and then he starts talking. And sometimes if I go in there too soon, he tells me no and lays back down. No, I'm not ready to get out of bed just yet, mom. I need a minute. <laughs> Yeah, he tells me no. And then I sit in a chair in his room until he's ready to go out of bed. Same story for you, Case? I mean, sometimes I get told, go away. I get told, go <laughs> away. My, my two and a half year old, no, uh, go away. But other times he will, so his crib um, is close-ish to the door. He could probably climb out at this point, but I think he's just choosing not to. Um he will turn the lights on if we are, because we'll hear him in there talking and playing and whatever. Be like, oh, he's maybe not ready to get out yet. But when he's ready to get out, he will reach the doorknob and throw the door open. It'll slam against the wall and he will turn the light on in his room and he will yell, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little, it's a little different than like babbling and like being like, oh, maybe he's ready now. It's, it's a little more, um, a little more obvious and we're working on potty training now. So I'll be like, Hey buddy, your diaper's dry. It's great. You want to go try uh, sitting on the potty? No, I don't like you get away from me. Um, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty strong for a two and a half year old, which I'm like, all right, those are, wow. those are strong feelings. We're going to go use the potty anyway. Um, so I hear what you're saying. I disagree with it. Um, <laughs> and that's my second one. He's the sweet one, but he's <laughs> he's just my cute little bundle of barnacles and anger. Totally, and it's very nice. I just he's getting more independent, so he's like learning to use his words. Like it's very recent where he's like saying no and get your hands off of me and stuff. So we kind of laugh at him, but also like say, mm-hmm, like you're very serious. Um, so no sleep training and all this stuff. Like when people tell these stories, it all sounds very much like they're having a similar experience. And I'm like some like large conspiracy that other people's kids do do this. And like mine do not do this. You'll hate this. So we have tried. To <laughs> You'll hate this. <laughs> keep him up later for like stuff. And he, if he's ready to go to bed, he tells us night night and walks into his room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm done. It's over. It's time for me to go to bed. You guys have a good night. That's what I said. I can't risk it with the second one. It would be the spawn of Satan. Hey, maybe. <laughs> I have a question. Is it required or necessary to feed your children anything other than chicken nuggets? No. Oh. Nope. Okay. Uh, every once in a while, you should give them plain noodles with nothing on it. Ooh. Mix it up. Okay. Those were our two options. Those were. I. I. I'm sure that my daughter ate something. Other than that, in the first four years of life, once once she was on solid foods from the age of, I don't know, probably two to last week, um, plain noodles with a little salt and chicken nuggets, milk. And that was every meal always. Hey, hey, do you want to try some of this? And then we'd put and it, it'd sit on the plate and sometimes the form and what the, the shape would change. But I don't think any actually made it into her. Yeah. No, you just keep offering stuff. The only requirement is that you feed them. You just keep offering stuff. Sometimes they try it. Sometimes they don't. Um, I read this book called First Bites, or I listened to it rather as audio, but it's really long. has a lot of good evidence-based 
stuff in it about how kids learn to eat and how to avoid them being like picky eaters and stuff. But one of the things they say about kids is like younger ones is they will eat one meal, they will play with one meal and they will ignore one meal. And that has always made me feel better. <laughs> and so I just tell myself that even knowing that, though, I have trouble believing it. <laughs> is that they do those they do those three things all in the same day? Every, every day. You, so three meals, they okay. eat one, they play with one and they ignore one as a rule. That sounds about right. Doesn't it? When you oh. I learned that it was like. Yeah. An epiphany. I was like, that is what they do. So that's that's normal then. They don't they don't need to eat all of the meals. Like you're not wasting away to nothing despite the fact that you haven't eaten in six hours and you're not touching anything that I made for you right Clearly now. Clearly they're not, yeah. And that's what our, our pediatrician told us. Like your child will never starve themselves. So like if you put food in front of them, they'll eat it if they need it. If they don't need it, they might throw a fit or play with it. Jacob, have you ever done any uh, any ridiculous workouts or get fit things? Uh, ridiculous workout things? In our friend group, like everyone, I feel like this was more when we were in our 20s. Everyone um, went through a phase where they ran a marathon. <laughs> and like <laughs> everyone would like rally around that person when they like, like, We'd be like, oh, we're all going to go see our friend Jeremy. He's going to run the marathon. And we'd, like, all go to, like, Chicago or wherever. And, like, everyone did that. And then it was my turn. And <laughs> I was like, no. You're like, are you sure it's my turn? Um, is it? Yeah. Uh, I feel not good this year. Like. Can it? Uh, and then yeah, you're like, I was like what's mm. the age at which it would not be recommended for me to pursue this? Um, is there is there no cap on this? I need to uh, I need to I, hit that. I want to just pick a place like a like a far you know like a like someplace nice and tropical where all of my friends have to fly and just watch me do like a nice like five k walkathon. Cheer me on the whole time. That's right. Welcome to Tahiti. We're going to do a 1K and then we're all going to have margaritas. Yes. They're like, you can do it. I'm in. You're yeah. right, I can. They wrap tinfoil around me at the end. I'm like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I was, um, I was paleo for a while, which worked well for me as a single person having nobody to take care of except for me and my dog. And having like complete control. Hey, your dog went paleo. Oh, too, she was probably, fine right? with it. It was like, it, it worked really well. It was um, go walk the dog, uh, workout, prep meals, like shun anything at a potluck or that was unhealthy. Um, you know, eat plain leafy greens. I remember somebody was talking to me and asking me a question about a patient, and I was eating like plain greens with like nothing on them. And I must have looked like an insane person because I was basically eating like what a rabbit would eat at that point. <laughs> and um, they had this kind of like concerned look on their face because they were like, is that I'm sure they were like, is that dry lettuce? Like, <laughs> And but I, you know, I was just in that like ketosis high all the time because I'd gotten over that three day like, you know, fog where you have to break into that and. It was feeling good. And then I started dating my husband. And I remember him telling me about this afterwards. Um, 
us talking and you mentioning you were paleo and he made steak and asparagus and he's like, we we're going to watch a movie. And I remember you mentioning if you're that you were paleo. And I was like, I really loved eating popcorn when I watched movies. And I didn't know if I was allowed to eat popcorn. And so I didn't make any. <laughs> I remember oh. feeling really bad um about he's like I, I and i remember being like oh you could have had popcorn you could have eaten it i don't know if i would have is popcorn allowed i forgot it is because because explain what paleo is for the rest of us in the crowd oh paleo is no wheat um and no corn and no gluten and no like starch and if you really get into it it's no nightshades so no tomato and no dairy so no cheese no milk and no soy either because that, you know, messes with your hormones. And I mean, you can really start just picking off and no potatoes because that's technically a nightshade too. Oh. And like you can have rice, but like not too much because it'll take you out of ketosis. And you can have fruits, but not too much because it'll take you out of ketosis. So you really just start picking things off. Um, and then you can have nuts, but like certain nuts are really not good for you because they have too much omega-6. So, I mean, you can really get into this stuff and then you just join a cult and you like pledge your alliance and <laughs> to like, what's his name? Mark Sisson. Um, and who the other like... I eat nothing that casts a shadow. Yes. <laughs> so, I just remember being like very into baking stuff without like sugar and, you know, stuff like being, you know, it, it's really, it can be really time consuming, but if you have like no other time on your hands and you're like, well, I mean, I could do this and focus really on myself only, or I could, you know, maybe cure cancer or something. I'll just see paleo <laughs> um, <laughs> and really just be really good at it. It was very effective. I felt really good. Um, I, you know, I was like in great shape. But like as soon as you're not doing it really, really perfectly and you're like once in a while, like eating off of the diet perfectly, it boom, it does not work. Um, it's not sustainable oh. at all. Uh, well, two out of ten would not recommend because, um, uh, you know, <laughs> if you want to have people in your life <laughs> or, you know, eat anywhere out of the house or have a social life and not look pious and uh, like you're better than everyone. Um you know, like maybe be relatable. It's kind of hard to uh, branch out a little bit. So, yeah. So, like, so pizza is like the anti-paleo. I mean, you could make a crust probably out of nuts and um, make the sauce out of some tomato alternative and uh, make cheese out of. What did you make cheese out of? Sadness. Did you do goat cheese? Maybe you could do goat cheese. There's our nut-based nut cheese. It's very expensive, too. It's a very classic. The more you talk about that pizza, the more it makes me want to cry. It's it's yeah. a sad, It would be a sad, expensive pizza. So I've read things about that, too. Is paleo is very classist. It's hard to do. Um, and then also, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's just not... I don't know. After a while, like it's just like, it's exhausting. And Just thinking of all the things that I purely love, like... like yeah. Like uh, just chocolate chip cookies and milk are just just yeah. like that's that's like my soul food there that just makes my my inside be happy and that's that's all not allowed. Yeah, because you're like, yeah. oh, I I do paleo and you know like there's not that many carbs in cheese and there's a lot of protein, so I eat cheese and it's like, well, you can always find something. It's like, well, 
technically dairy is, you know, inflammatory to your body and you really shouldn't be. And it's like, all right, I guess I'll cut dairy out and I'll only eat it when I have uh, to. And then you eat, then you eat some cheese. Cause like you need protein and there's literally not a bunch of leaves lying around for you to eat. And you, you're stuck at the hospital and you have to eat something. And you're like, oh, I don't feel great. Probably the cheese. I'll just starve next time. That was a bad move. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, I can't. I'm going to have to just eat cheese, I guess, unless I am. Because it's like, no, I, I decided to spend time with my boyfriend instead of going to the store for more lettuce. And it was like, now I had to eat cheese and it made me not feel good. Do I break up with my boyfriend so I have time to shop for lettuce? Or do I <laughs> accept the fact that I'm going to have to eat cheese? Like, I'm at a decision point. I think I'm going to stay in a relationship. Like... <laughs> oh my God. you know uh and then now you have two kids that don't sleep through the night it's just <laughs> that's where you are that's what it all comes back to that's right or you know maybe if you committed to sleep training they would but that's fine is what it is <laughs> i know i was i was super hit when my when my daughter was born i I think the problem that I had with my daughter was born is that I had talked to people like Jen beforehand who were like, oh, babies, <laughs> you just, you have a baby, you put them down, they sleep all night, you pick them up, do whatever you want, because they just sleep all day, except when you're feeding them and they're fine. So I had this magical dream in my head that as soon as the daughter was born, I was going to pretty much not really have to change my lifestyle a whole lot. I was going to, you know, I'd take her to the coffee shop and do some writing while she just sleeps for three hours. And then, you know, I'd feed her and change her and maybe do another three hours and then go home or whatever. You know, it, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to be the best dad ever. But at the same time, my life's really not going to change that much. It's just a baby. Yeah, what could portable. it possibly change? <laughs> Idiot. And I was like, oh. Well, I, my 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 favorite was I mean I only had I I have one but um who is it who is it Jim Gaffigan when he describes because mm -hmm. he's got, he has five kids have you mm -hmm. ever described I don't know if you've heard this bit before but he describes what it's like to uh, have five kids and he's like well imagine that you're in the middle of the ocean and you're swimming and you're exhausted and you feel like you're about to drown <laughs> and then somebody hands you a baby yep. <laughs> Like the, the description of the reverse hostage negotiation where they're trying to do bedtime. And it's like, <laughs> just stay, just stay in there. I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> Except for Jen. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. It's just, he likes to sleep. Yeah, so, so do I. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get to sleep soon. 18 short years, you'll be fine. I've seen 18-year-olds in the ER. I've called them on the phone after their test results come back. I don't know if I'll be sleeping then. Yeah, that's a whole other reason for sleeplessness. Chlamydia is very treatable. Yeah, huh? for now. <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> this is right where I insert the uh, Jaws music in the background. <laughs> Epinephrine is brought to you by your local health department. Visit their website for helpful information about how you can protect yourself from sexually transmitted infections. Use a condom, kids. Oh my gosh. I saw something that it was posted back in April. I don't know if it's still up to date, but Michigan Health Department was mailing condoms to people's houses for free if they wanted to fill out a form and request <laughs> them. And I was like, this needs a billboard. This needs 10 billboards. Is every state doing this? Every state should be doing this. Why do I think that 
you know, like, like how uh, we're proposing, like, uh, just automatic voter registration. We should just have automatic condom mailing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heard, heard you turned 16. Here's 10,000 condoms. No, it could more, you know, any any reportable STD that gets reported to the health department, like, you just automatically get, like, this free box of condoms shipped to your house. Like a, wel- just- like a welcome package? That won't tip off anybody's parents. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, not if we send them to everybody. Jimmy, these just arrived for you. What happened? I don't know, Mom, but I'll take care of them for you. Don't you worry about those. <laughs> the weirdest thing. I, I thought they only handed these off to people who were having intercourse. I know, Mom, it's the weirdest thing. They must have gotten my exact name and address mixed. It's just crazy, Mom, crazy. I don't even know what these are. What are they for? I don't know. Well, I mean, your 12 brothers and sisters probably don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing. Yeah. I've never even seen one of these. Or throw them away. Uh, uh, Okay. Uh, um, Man. Does anybody floss? I water pick. Uh, I have a water pick. But I don't use it. I have floss. On average, I floss once a week. But that's not consecutive. Like, I don't floss every Tuesday. It's like, I'll have like two weeks that I'm pretty good and then I'll have two weeks that I don't at all. Then I'll have a dental appointment that it'll pop up on my phone. It's like, Oh crap, I got a dentist appointment. I better start flossing again. And I still don't, mm-hmm. but I think about doing it and that's almost the same. <laughs> do they, do they do the thing where they poke your gums and like shout out numbers <laughs> at your dentist? They do. They do. It's like, it's like the most like shame inducing like activity. <laughs> You're like every time they're T3, like T three. They're like four. four. Yeah, yeah three. you hear like four, and you're like, oh gosh, another four. Oh, another. Oh, jeez. Oh, and then they're like, there's bleeding at these eighteen <laughs> teeth, and you're like, oh, oh god. Well, you just tell them the ones that aren't bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> that was my motive. I won one six months. I had like motivation. I was like, I am not gonna get a single four. Like that is. It was like I'm set. Talking about setting low bars, right? I was like, I'm going to use this water pick every day. Did you? I did. Um, I was, it was better, but like, I feel like it was, it was like marginally better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I did it like every day <laughs> or I could just not do it. And it would just be like slightly worse. I don't know. So you did a, a, a personal experiment and you're like, well, this doesn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah. This does nothing. There's a... The risk, the risk assessment, <laughs> the time—I don't know what it was. It was just like oh I remember the, you would, I remember taking a test where it was determining like what your life expectancy is based on a bunch of random things, and one of them was, "Do you floss?" And it, it's terrible. It like literally added like three years to your life expectancy. I think <laughs> the logic was, "Do you do the smallest inconvenience?" For something that you know is supposed to be good for you. It's not mm-hmm. like actually flossing into your life. It's you make choices to help yourself. I was like, oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Still don't floss. Mm-hmm. Three years. But I feel like in the yeah. grand scheme of things, like one piece of bacon is going to take off the same amount of time in your life that flossing adds on to. Wouldn't everybody mm-hmm. rather have the bacon? Couldn't you floss and eat bacon? And then it's just Could a you floss natural? with bacon? Ooh, bacon floss. Shut the podcast down. 
Let's start drawing up schematics for bacon <laughs> floss. Bacon. This episode brought to you by Bacon Floss. You can buy it for $10,000 a right. strip and it's worth it. <laughs> right up the patent. Nobody steal our idea. Bacon Floss. Bacon makes everything better. I did eat a lot of bacon when I was paleo. Upside. <laughs> Unlimited bacon. I remember reading that. It's like, well, paleo is not really good for you. You eat a lot of meat. And if you eat bacon, there's a lot of salt. And it was like, paleo hater. Go back to eating your bacon. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you over all the delicious bacon I'm eating. That's right. My lettuce wrap with bacon in it. It's like all the mayonnaise I want. <laughs> oh, but are you like ketchup is like su- super sugary. So I bet you is ketchup out then? Oh, it's tomato. So it's always out. Ketchup is out. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, the tomato is like, a, eh, you know, you really shouldn't because it's a nightshade. You can eat tomato. But yeah, bacon is, um, yeah, yeah, ketchup is out because it's sugary. So you can like make your own ketchup. Yeah. Which, like I said, paleo is, you know, uh, like it's time consuming, if anything. So how to make your, you know, if you want to ma- learn like how to make paleo, whatever, you look it up. How would you make paleo ketchup? I'm Googling this right now. To, like it's, well, commercial ketchup has lots of preservatives. No, but if you're not supposed to eat tomatoes like what are you using well i mean you can eat tomatoes it's hatred and vinegar technically it's a nightshade you're a bad paleo no okay like there's different levels of paleo and if you want to get into like super level were you i want to know what level you were i don't know what level i was i forgot i was you don't forget i was high level nine lotus blossom i I was high on ketosis and i'm not anymore so i tell tell me that the levels are like like you've got your your level one is a white belt then you get the yellow belt then you get the green belt i want to like i want to be like a black belt and then you can get degrees in black belt a third degree black belt all the belts are Made out of right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a seventh degree black belt paleo. I only consume my own biceps. Okay. <laughs> I only eat humans. Um, yeah. sounds bad. Well, then, I mean, vegan is kind of the same thing, though, because they have a they've got a vegan. There's vegan meat. There's vegan sausage, and there's vegan cookies, and and they'll tell you every time, like, no, 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 you have to try this vegan chocolate cookie. It did have vegan donuts from this place in Brooklyn, New York, called Dunwell Donuts, and they look amazing, and they tasted amazing. Really? That? Oh yeah. Well, vegan, you can have sugar though. So. D u n w e l l Dunwell Donuts. Yeah, you can. I guess it all depends who's making said things too. Looks like they use dates oh yeah lots of dates dates for ketchup i did bacon stuff dates um candied dates like or candied bacon or well bacon stuff dates i made those before i think it was like you just whenever you get sad about not getting to eat other things you just eat bacon <laughs> and then it just you get a little surge of dopamine and you're like oh no i'm okay i'm fine yeah and I really want to eat bacon now. I'm, I'm eating paleo yeah. right now. Like, I, I'll just say that. Yeah, just no, you I'm wouldn't. A, an intro paleo. I'm, I'm at the lowest level. I'm just, I'm mm-hmm, just starting mm-hmm. out. I'm just an intro paleo. <laughs> I uh, still have peanut butter. You just, stopped eating, you just stopped eating bread an hour ago. And it's like the people who come into the ER who say that. Oh, yeah, I stopped smoking. When did you stop? Hour and a half ago? That doesn't count. Are you? No. Are you? Do you say anything except good for you? That's great. Keep it going. Yeah, uh, I mentioned this in the article, but it's just like you know, I, I, I literally my current thing is I just say smoking stuff, smoking stuff, smoking stuff, smoking. I don't think there's 
anybody out there on the planet now that doesn't know that smoking is awful for you. Every Everybody knows this. Every smoker knows it's awful for them. It's just that, you know, mm-hmm. they've made it incredibly addicting that it's extremely hard mm-hmm. to stop. I always try to be, like, congratulatory mm-hmm. about it. One of the hardest things you ever do. Like, keep going. You're doing yep. great. Yeah, you've been doing it for 25 years. It's going to be a long road. You celebrate the small mm-hmm. victories. Yes. And you are going to have relapses, and that's fine. It is okay. Just keep, yeah. Well, that's kind of like the ad, which is, you know, never quit quitting, which is right. Because it is not easy, but if you, you know, keep trying, you'll get there. I told my husband when we were dating, I was like, he's like, I found out he smoked. And I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. I don't date people who smoke. It's a good motivator for him. It stopped right away. It took a long time. He he didn't cold turkey it? No, no, he's, he cut back. He cut back. But I have, I have, I don't know if anybody watches Psych. I have a super sniffer and it got better when I was pregnant, more sensitive. Oh. So like he'd walk in the house and he'd be like... <laughs> Get a cigarette. He'd be like, "What?" And I would always know too because he had like like a big exam or something at school, and I'd be like, "You had a cigarette." He's like, "Yeah." I'd be like, "Uh huh." Don't say anything. You're like, "That's fine." He'd be like, "I just had one." I'd be like, "All right." Look at him. And be like, but he would know I knew. Be like, "All right." Well, as long as it was one, but he (laughs) he smoked since he was sixteen or seventeen. So I mean, and we started dating. I, he told me like how sad he felt when he found out I was disappointed that he smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard though. I remember talking to like I've talked I talked to a patient that came in the other day and they were like I'm um, talking about how they just started insulin and their blood sugar is really high and um uh they they came in because their blood sugars were high and they were really thirsty and they were peeing a lot and uh, weren't feeling good and I was like all right well you know what your blood sugar is supposed to be? And he's like, no, not really. And I was like, okay, you would be surprised though. How many people, or maybe you wouldn't be, how many oh. people don't know, like, you know, what's your blood sugar supposed to be? Like, what's a good number you think? I don't really know. And it's like, all right, well, like between 100 and 200 maybe is good to start with, you know? And it's like, well, like when they've just started insulin, um, you know, like, okay, here's your Landis pen and your Novolog pen and your bucket of supplies. Here's a glucometer and some Lancet's and, you know, uh, everything you need. And, uh, okay, great. This is super yeah. overwhelming. I think celebrating the small victories is something that a lot of times we just don't do that we need to do more of. We've got, we are so, you, you get these huge goals of things, like you were saying, or it's like, oh, I'm going to, or like Jacob was saying, it's like, oh, I want to run a marathon. And it's like, that's something that's like a goal that's going to take months and months and months to do or something like diabetes which is this is the rest of your life and you can't just go from not doing anything to doing everything perfectly and expect your life to be perfect so it's like you know there's going to be setbacks but i think you know if we if everybody just kind of give a hip hip just the little victories more often i think we'd be doing a whole lot better yeah or you know like i figured out how to make a vegan donut that tastes good it's a huge one well i think it's important too when these people are working on like getting control of their diabetes or quitting smoking is that recognition from others that they are accomplishing something. So when, you know, a person who's new insulin, that's had a blood sugar that's normally 400 and now they're averaging 300 instead of opening right away with, well, you're still like 200 away from normal. It's wow. You know, like you've made a big difference. Keep doing, you know, keep up. What else can we do to help you? What else can we do to keep you on this right path? 
as opposed to in society as a whole, we're quick to be like, oh, well, you're not there yet. We uh, just solved all the world's problems yet again. As always, Epinephrines will come to you every Monday or every single Monday that we can possibly get out there. But for now, be safe, be well, and have fun in that order. And we will see you next time, unless we eat too much paleo and we're in our own little high. As a quick reminder, Epinephrines has providers, but we are not your medical provider. So if you have actual medical questions, please ask your actual medical provider. The stories have been changed from their original. And bye for now. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. It's just, he likes to sleep. So do I.